Hey guys, welcome to the Ever Esports Podcast. Ever Esports is a North American esports organization that helps content creators and esports enthusiasts in Overwatch, League of Legends, COD, and Smash, and more to come probably. So this podcast is still finding its identity, but we will be bringing on people from the organization to discuss esports, the inner workings of the amateur scene, and basically, you know, whatever we feel like talking about. So if you guys don't know who I am, which you probably don't, I am Sam, aka Just Casual. I do a few podcasts, mostly revolved around League of Legends, but uh, that's what I do. And I'm here, honored by the appearances of two guests from the Overwatch scene and the Ever Esports organization. We got the general manager for Ever Esports, uh, Andrew, aka Vandalies. And, hey, what's going on? Hey, and then we also have the tank main and captain of the Overwatch team, Blake Barton, aka Smoking Dragon. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Hey, I'm doing well. How about you guys? How are you guys doing? I I didn't I'm, sleep much, but I'm good. Sorry, <laughs> go for it. I'm doing pretty good this morning. Outside, see, enjoying the weather. <laughs> see, he's on his cell phone, so I'm gonna accidentally interrupt him a bunch today. It's gonna be awkward. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, you're good. <laughs> yeah we're good so yeah like i said we're still finding our footing with this podcast we'll see how things go but we're all excited to talk about what's going on with esports and especially the amateur scene and specifically today mostly the overwatch scene so let's start off with some introductions um let's start with vandal you want to go first uh sure uh, my name is vandalise i am the general manager of uh ever esports a founding member as well um, I basically manage all of our rosters. I manage our content creators. I make sure people find their tournaments and get to their tournaments and everything in between. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's basically it. That's what I do on a daily basis. So why don't, why don't you tell us about how you got into Ever? Like, what was your journey getting into Ever Esports? Okay, so um, originally... I was an Overwatch player for a while for a bunch of different organizations. Um, and uh, after I left my last organization, I took a little bit of a break. Um, and I wanted to get into streaming. So I contacted a organization known as Rose Noir Esports that sadly uh, closed their doors this year. Um, which is unfortunate. Um, but that is our scene, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and Ever was working there as well, helping them uh, grow... Um, their branding and whatnot, uh, and Ever basically managed me eventually. Um, all the other streamers on the stream team basically quit, and I was the only one constantly streaming. Um, and one thing that Ever really instilled in me uh, and everyone here at the organization was community okay. and how important it was to stay together and how disappointing it was to see the stream team fall apart. Um, so... We've basically, as an organization, have made our top priority being a part of a community. We message, you know, all the new organizations that come out because God knows there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we give them the best of luck. We let them know, hey, you need anything, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to help. Um, but basically, eventually, I started playing PS4 with Smokin here and a bunch of other players. Uh, Kixio, who is still on the team uh, as well on PC. Um, yeah, I started playing with them, and we became, like, super close, good friends. We went to DreamHack Austin recently. We all met up. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it was, was awesome. Pretty fun trip. <laughs> 
eventually, though, Rose Noir, unfortunately, was starting to burn. And I hate to say that on a podcast, but it, it's it's gone now, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it started to, to burn, and basically, uh, he took our roster... And we created Every Esports. And eight months of hard work, we secured three investors, invested nice. a lot of money into an application that I can't tell you guys about, um, and a huge touring tournament for Overwatch that we will be sponsoring. A bunch of awesome things are coming out, and uh, we couldn't be happier. Cool, cool. So what, what about you, Blake? All right, well, my journey to Every Esports started a long time ago with Ever himself. Um, Ever's a close friend of mine. We've been friends for about 15 plus years. Um, first started playing Halo together. <laughs> we go to all the little GameStop tournaments, everything oh, like nice. that around the <laughs> little Tarrant County area up in Fort Worth. <laughs> I would do that with him, my brother, and our buddy Bob. And after that, it was lost contact with him for a little while because uh, I moved down here to Houston. Uh, we finally got back in contact with each other. And he asked me if I wanted to help out with playing for Overwatch for PlayStation 4 at first. And I was like, you know what? That's something I want to do. I'll jump back into it. Uh, before I did before I did Overwatch, I played Counter-Strike. Uh, did Cal-Eye tournaments a lot back in the day with Counter-Strike. Mm-hmm. And so I knew somewhat about the pro scene and the semi-pro scene from it. I've... Like I said, asked me to come on. We came on. We started playing for Rosenwar. Uh, then Rosenwar ended up shutting down. And ever asked me and my brother Vandal one night, he said, hey, y'all want to go with these guys or do we want to start up our own brand? And uh, my response was, look, I feel like we'd have more control with our own brand than having to worry about another person's name. So I said we go with our own brand and see where it goes. Nice, nice, cool. And, that's where we're at now. <laughs> cool. Awesome. So what is it like, Blake, to – so you're the captain and tank main, right, of the Overwatch team? So what? what uh, is yeah. – Yeah, what's it like being a captain of the Overwatch team? <laughs> uh, being a captain is a little bit different because uh, you got to give a lot of – give a lot and take a lot with the guys. Okay. Uh, you want to make sure that everybody knows that you're pretty much in charge. But at the same time, just because you're the team captain doesn't mean you're going to be the shot caller during playtime. Mm, okay. uh, different people have different roles. Uh, like me, I'm better at getting everybody's information, getting everything that they need to like ever vandalize everybody like that. That way we can get all their graphics done mm-hmm. and take care of that side. Uh, scheduling, practices, everything like that. As for me actually doing shot calling in-game, I'm not the greatest at that. <laughs> Uh, my, mainly because uh, with me playing a tank, it's, I have to be at the front of the line and at the back of the line. So it's difficult for me to fully call everything out because there's things that I I don't see that other people do. Sure. And so we end up having to have normally either our DPS, our flanker DPS will do call outs or one of our healers will do call outs. Gotcha. That way we can actually still maintain everything. Cool. So yeah, it's interesting because even as a captain, it's not just like I'm the captain of the team and I only focus on like within the team and game stuff. You're actually kind of the communication between the team and the rest of the organization for everything that the your team needs from the org, right? Yes, sir. 
Cool. It's whatever we need from them. It's I work on getting taken care of, and whatever they need from us, it's I get it knocked out as quick as possible for everybody. Yeah, so you're like Team Daddy. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> nice way to put it. I mean yeah. that as the the most complimentary way I can say that. <laughs> right. Well, it, it comes with like being the oldest person on the team too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's the I age dynamic? What's the age uh, dynamic? The age dynamic is a little bit like I'm almost thirty years old. Okay. And we actually have two guys that are on the team. Uh, one guy is seventeen, and the other guy is sixteen. Oh, uh, he's wow. about to turn seventeen. It's all over the place. <laughs> so, <laughs> the age dynamic is kind of out there a little bit. Sure, sure. Vandal, it sounds like you have some stories or like issues, or not issues, but you've got some good stories with the age dynamic, huh? Uh, no, it's just, it's, you have to manage, like for me, like, uh, especially when his, his brother was on the team as well, you know, they are older than me. I'm, I'm 20 years old. So I, whatever. I'm communicating with them. I definitely have to do it a lot different than I would someone my age or younger. Because, okay. um, you know, I mean, he's older than me, a lot more experience and whatnot. It's kind of weird having a 20-year-old telling you to get the fuck online, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, um, but I mean, they're, they're really cool about it. I've definitely overstepped some boundaries in terms of communication over my times of trying to learn, you know, this is all brand new to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming into this but you know he and his brother have been nothing but respectful to me and have helped me along the way same with ever um yeah it's 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 definitely interesting and you know being a manager you have to manage everyone individually in general and then whenever age and experiences and different life comes in it's just a whole mental note of each person and sure so but yeah (laughs) yeah i think it's it's really interesting because you have so many the age gap is very it, it's it's large and then as yeah. someone that has to deal with all these different players especially someone like a captain role or a general manager where it's not necessarily just within the team and playing together i can only imagine that you really have to know how to work with people and like you said you've overstepped yeah. some boundaries things get kind of weird and i will say though mm-hmm. that you know, whenever I listen to all their comms of all of our teams every once in a while, take notes on, you know, the improvements, you would never tell that age was the even in general. They're our Overwatch team a lot more than our league team actually, and our league team's been together longer. The Overwatch team is so close knit already that it's all jokes and all seriousness at the same time. Nobody's questioning yeah. anyone and it's just they're they're dominating right now and we're so proud of them. Cool. Comes to team building exercises. It's the team building exercise. Yeah. Uh, uh, we normally take one day out of the week and have it dedicated to us just actually goofing off, having fun as a team, like not even playing Overwatch. Just oh, awesome. We'll go out and like, we'll play little little mind games, like oh, we'll play cards against humanity or different stuff like <laughs> Why that. Why am I like, not invited to this? I need stress relievers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not on the Overwatch. It's Overwatch privilege. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So... So we've we've kind of touched a little bit on this. So I want to make the next topic of discussion about this. What's it like working with one ever as your CEO? Or is he CEO? Yeah, he's CEO. It's yeah, name yep. Ever he's Esports. <laughs> yeah. And then how is it working with like the organization as a whole of Ever Esports? I mean, you guys touched on it a little bit. Let's let's go deeper into that. Um, to be official, Ever is the best boss ever, and uh, no pun intended. 
Um, and that's not me saying that for job security of any reason. No, but it, it's 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 really good. He's hasn't been around too much lately. Um, so we haven't really gotten to touch base on everyone, but he works so hard. Like, um, I have a non-disclosure agreement. I believe Smokin does as well. A non-disclosure agreement contract that we have to sign, um, saying that we can't tell anyone a lot of the plans that are coming up. In the background, he is work. It, it blows my mind some of the things that we have coming up. We will probably not yeah. be in the amateur scene for long. Ooh, that's exciting. And he works. He pulls it out. I'm not sure. Not sure. Now that he does, <laughs> he works ten to twelve hours a day, and then comes home and does all this for the work. Like you cannot ask for a better work owner. Than Seriously, him. I mean, no kidding. His wife helps him out a lot, or his fiance, but I'm She's not. They're not fully married yet, so mm-hmm. not yet. But no, but you wouldn't know that she, by Facebook. Yeah, she does a lot of <laughs> She posts nothing but weddings, you know, though. That's <laughs> funny. Um, uh, the org would not be where it is right now. No, God, no. It, so and like near it. <laughs> his knowledge of esports is actually a little bit scary. Like he's been in the scene. Like he was a professional StarCraft two player, and so like I said about community or whatever and communication. Like back then in the original scene in like the early two thousands and whatnot, when the gaming pro scene was so small. Like yep. and like when he was shout casting for StarCraft two as well as like. You can see like all the experiences that he's had, and it's crazy. And we better it get a raise for this. To a nice point. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's nah, it's been great. Yeah, if you guys are curious a little bit more about Ever, uh, on the my other podcast that I host, the League of Legends Anonymous podcast, we had I think it was community episode. League community episode eleven or ten or nine—I don't remember—but there'll be a link somewhere. Oh in the yeah, description. you were on. I knew your voice sounded familiar. Hey, hey, <laughs> recognize? <laughs> Woo! All right, game over. I'm done. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, we had man. we had ever so. come on and he talked about his organization. I think he made some some drops on some new information that we may be hinting at because we're not sure exactly what we can say right now, but we'll leave that up to ever check out that episode. It's, it was, it was a really good one. I think we had a lot of people saying good things about that. And ever is a great character and personality as well as just a good guy. So let's jump into the amateur scene. And I kind of want to link a point we talked about here. Like ever works really hard. He's a great guy. Now in the amateur scene, which is super volatile, super new right now. Yeah. Is that uh, <laughs> is that really good enough to just like make it? And I'm not exactly sure what making it is. So let, let's uh, let's touch on that. Uh, well, the amateur scene, I like to think of it as a really bad wet dream. You know, <laughs> you're happy you're having it, but at the same time, you never wake up. So <laughs> it's 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 a never it's ending all, loop for a while. It's literally. Without structure, without investors, skill doesn't matter anymore in these games. It really doesn't, especially in League of Legends. Like with this new partnership deal, any Diamond Plus team that you know slowly progressing the master, slowly progressing the challenger, their, their dreams are dead unless they get like a lot of exposure. You look at people like I will dominate, and I'm a cutie pie on their live streams, highlighting these high end challenger players. Only then, in front of like twenty, thirty thousand people, do these people start to get noticed. These, the amateur scene for League of Legends is going to be really hard for people to do. Like, oh, I see. And, like, I, it's it's blunt and it's honest. It, it's it's sad. It really is. Of course, the amateur scene for Overwatch, it's going to be a little bit different. 
It's more so it's who pretty much puts in the most effort. When you say I, who, are you uh, talking about the you, players or are you talking about like the staff and org or both? Uh, the players. Okay. Because if you have a good staff and org like we have, like with Ever, mm-hmm. it's, you don't have to worry about the org side of it as much because they're going to be there no matter what. They're going to have your back. They're going to push you, especially with Ever. Ever has been the one that's been pushing us the hard. Like we went into Overwatch contenders. And granted, we got knocked out on the first day, but we made it three rounds in. Yeah, which is really good. They were playing. Yeah, they were on, all of like a week and a half, almost two weeks of practice. Yeah, yeah they were a part of. There was this is the current uh, roster we have now, and they were together for yeah. a week, and they beat like a high end grandmaster team, which is pretty insane. Was, uh, once we hit, went up against, uh, there was two top five hundred players on the opposite yeah. team, and that's even then we still lost, but we didn't lose badly we were still able to maintain i mean you guys were happy with the results like it doesn't matter if it's a win or loss like the way you guys performed with yeah. what you had you're really happy with that oh yeah awesome, uh, awesome. since then we've done nothing but grow it's um uh, we actually have a guy that made it into the top 500 uh, cool. i think it's ranked like 289 yeah so <laughs> and that's yuna uh yeah he's the youngest one but he makes a lot of things happen. He's a good playmaker. Like, yeah. <laughs> Very dedicated to the organization as well. Gotcha. Okay, so so, um, how, how is the state of the amateur scene for Overwatch? I know the amateur scene does not get the highlights that the professional scene does. Professional scenes are still growing too. So then amateur scene is just yeah. like, it's invisible unless you know exactly where to look. And even if you're looking for it, it's still hard to find it's everything you want. It's find. a bad game of find Waldo for tournaments. <laughs> pretty much with the fact that they are still setting up the professional league for Overwatch and everything. The amateur league, it's there, but it's not really an amateur league. It's kind of like an amateur free-for-all. Okay. So what does it look I don't know like? How it's uh, you have your weekly tournaments that you can go to, and uh, eventually with those you can actually get uh, like we do Battlefly, and they have weekly tournaments on there. Okay. I once we get done with those tournaments, it's like I said, every Monday or Tuesday they'll redo the tournaments, and that's where most of the majority amateurs will start out at. It's mm-hmm. a website by Battlefly. Free agents too. People who aren't on a team can find people to play with for them. Okay. Yeah. So like, um, seriously, is a free for all. Is anyone just trying to find anything competitive to be a part of, right? Right now, yeah. Okay. So Everyone wants a piece. Watch is pretty out there right now, uh, especially compared to like ones like from like Counter Strike, where whenever I was doing Counter Strike, it's hey, this is the organization, this is the team, these are your teammates, this is our practice schedule. It's six, seven hour practices every single night. Here you go. Whereas with the Overwatch right now, it's you. You have different orgs that are doing it, but there is no real amateur scene. It's you have to find your own tournaments right now, and it's a lot of little freelance tournaments. Gotcha. There, there are little leagues that are popping up every once in a while, but mm-hmm. the reason why we haven't really signed up for one is because they quit before they begin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard, right? It's hard yeah. to do it for them. I yeah. don't think there's enough organizations in the amateur scene that have Overwatch teams. Everyone is so, like I said, hard focused on League of Legends and League of Legends, if, Counter Strike, all mm, those. Yeah, not all even Counter Strike, dude. Yeah. Like if you look at like the people like we communicate with, you know, uh, Supernova, Paleo, and all those. Like I think the top three amateur organizations within the scene of League of Legends 
is us, Paleo, and Supernova. And Paleo is frighteningly big. Like how many yeah. what is he, like how many rosters do they freaking have? Like I don't uh, even know. I think they have more rosters than I do like fucking toes and fingers. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> like and um Paleo Predator, he's a great guy, by the way. Uh you know, and uh I, I haven't really talked much uh to Supernova because they won't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> very angry about that. No, but um, and I don't think they have CSGO teams. I don't think they have Overwatch teams. Everyone is so hard stuck on League of Legends that I have no idea why. From a business perspective, I don't get it. Supernova uh, has a challenger team, but that doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just from a business perspective, it's an easier game to get into than Counter-Strike or any of this. Because Counter-Strike, it's, you have to do multiple tournaments to build up to get to the ESL and be able to actually qualify for them. Whereas with league, it's you can pretty much jump straight into the tournaments for the most part. But then, yeah. but, the, but then, League of Legends is like I see League of Legends as a space that's like I don't know if it's oversaturated, but it's really competitive because there's it's the biggest game, so there's that many more people playing it. I feel mm-hmm. like if you concentrate on smaller east, I guess it's a different tactics, but I feel like if you concentrate on the smaller leagues and really invest into them, and you believe that they're going to grow. That might be the easiest way to get like a quote unquote successful esports organization or team, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you count success as like hundreds of dollars, <laughs> like I mean, like what's the end goal of that? Like what? Oh, oh, cool! You have a a, a league with branding. Awesome! Wow, you have a two hundred dollar prize pool. Wow, congrats, dude! You made it. Like I, hey. I don't know, like the end goal of the whole league thing is. Every- Pro team started off somewhere. None of them started off making two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in one shot. Uh, okay, I will. I'll give you that, but at the same time, back then, the well, league wasn't in the state as it is. There wasn't. You didn't have to pay ten million dollars to even get an academy spot. Like, you know, I did that one. Like, it, it, the whole dynamic has changed. Skill doesn't matter anymore. The whole open qualifier thing, get to, you know, back then, or in, even recently, last season, the seasons before, you know, is what we were originally going to do. And I, I think I can tell this plan now, since we're not going to do it, uh, is we were in talks with a lot of ex-pro players from mm-hmm. League of Legends, ex-LCS players that we were going to invest. This one of the biggest things that the investors were in for. Um was to invest and buy these players and go into open qualifiers, challenger series, home in LA, a lot of stuff, right? So great plan, great plan. We, we were in talks with a lot of great people, um, you know, but all that died because now you have to pay $10 million to be in a partnership and league and riot chooses if you're good enough now. Like you can't even like, you can have all the money in the world you know, and with like in your podcast recently with ever with, you know, Dallas Cowboys and all these, you know, um, uh, what do you call those sports? Like just regular sports, traditional sports, Tra- traditional, traditional sports sport team. teams <laughs> investing in esports or whatever. It's like skill doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Hmm. You know, for league, this is for league. Okay. You know, okay. So how about, how about for Overwatch? What, what is the path from going from, a person just playing the game to mm-hmm. the pro scene, like getting paid and being part of this like Overwatch League. Um, that path is very, very much a very fine line. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Because like I said, um, 
the big tournaments that they do have going on, like Overwatch contenders, everything like that, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be the big ones where you've made it to the pro scene. Like once you get up there and you're finishing in the top 200. Okay. I say top 200 because that was literally for Overwatch contenders. That was close to a thousand pro. Uh, I say pro teams, but a thousand Overwatch teams that signed up for it. Mm-hmm. And I think out of the thousand, uh, it took three, almost four weeks to whittle it down to 16 teams. And that, that was your top 16. And yep. going from like the amateur scene into the pro scene, it's with the amateur scene, it's you have, like I said, all these little small tournaments, like the two or $300 tournaments. So I think the biggest one that I've, I've seen so far was two grand was the biggest one okay. outside of the Overwatch contenders. And building up your reputation there as for players. I mean, I'm not the highest tier rated player on my team by any means. Like I said, we have a top 500 player. Yeah. I, uh, we have multiple platinums, and we have a diamond. And then you have me, and I'm a gold tier player. I'm okay. the lowest tier player. Which is so weird because, and like, you think about how low ranking it is, and then you see that, like, our guy's success rate versus, like, master and grandmaster people. And it really shows that. And with Overwatch, I do believe that skill is still a huge factor, and that. You know, yeah. you don't need all the marketing and you don't need all the money to, to make it an Overwatch. I think it's still a very skill-based thing because you, you have all the contenders. Communication, yeah. uh, communication is the big one for Overwatch because yeah. you have so many flanker characters. You have so many characters that do have one-shot potentials that can completely come in and mess up your entire game plan by killing your Mercy early. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's one-shot kills. So having the communication, being able to turn and peel the way that you need to, it's a lot to take in. So is I, is Overwatch a game, is not a game where one person just being massively really good at the game can just like carry a game 1v, 1v12? It's six players on each team, right? 1v12? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Six versus six. I, I, I don't like, know. One player can do a lot of work, mm-hmm. but one player cannot carry a team. Okay. Depending like, on what level you're talking about. I mean, sure. if you're like... A- like if you had one like Defran, uh, like I was saying earlier. Defran was one of the top number one players for Selfless. Like, this guy was an amazing carry. Like, he, you give him Tracer, and he could pretty much carry just about any team out there as long as his team half was halfway decent and halfway competent in what mm. they were doing. And he would have no issues. Uh, so, I mean, you have guys like that, but those are very far and few in between okay. so <laughs> i forget his name but and kind of ended up the same way as and it's really unfortunate that his career died so quickly uh he was like a top 200 yeah. widowmaker player you remember this guy dude who just like said the n-word like 76 times yeah <laughs> I like didn't live what like like, it was some weird name it was ridiculous but I mean, it's stuff like that that's actually kind of sad but yeah. based on their skill and obvious, you know, they were able to get to that level. And I, I think that um, people can still do that. I don't think you need all the money in marketing to make it an Overwatch because no. you have stuff like contenders and all these things, you know, to get your name out there. And organizations is like all these organizations pulled out recently because of Overwatch League. And as they start, I believe Blizzard's probably going to like lower the money eventually to get more people. for uh, yeah, and so yeah. all these organizations are going to be flooding back, and they're going to be looking for players. Like, 
it's so new. So many organizations are still yet to pick up teams. Mm. Like, it is not too late. No. Cool. Well, that's exciting. So, yeah. Still one of my favorite teams by far is still going to be Immortals. Uh, yeah. They're still yeah. one of my number one. <laughs> I have why, not watched them a lot. Why is that? I like energy. Uh, their team synergy. It's very, very one-sided whenever you're playing against them most of the time. The only team that I have watched that was not one-sided, uh, there's two teams. That'd be Rogue and Selfless when, when DeFran was on there. Selfless came in, and Selfless actually had the Immortals spawn trapped to the point of where they could not come out of their spawn door. <laughs> it's once they would get the payload moved to a certain point, the check load would change and their spawn base would change, mm-hmm. and they'd run in and wipe them and meet them back at their spawn door and just sit there. That's brutal. But with the Immortals, yeah. uh, the way that they transition and change out players, uh, like Grim Reality is one of their main DPS players. Uh, He's an awesome, awesome Tracer. I mean, by far, Tracer and Soldier is two best characters. But with the way they're doing it now, it's, they actually have him playing Zenyatta and doing shot calling and everybody else rotating around. And like Just the synergy that they have. They can actually switch off the characters, and it's not, oh, hey, this is it for me. Like it's, They actually make sure everybody can play every position, which is something that a lot of other teams don't do. It's Hey, if that's your main, that's your main. Like that's what we're gonna have you play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I with them, it's, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, it's something that always stuck out to me with them. I, it's the same way with their Counter Strike team. It's you have different guys that'll post up and be ready for a B take, but then you have one person that'll come in and just wipe the floor with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It, it, yeah, you have to worry about Counter Strike in that path. Like. <laughs> Gotcha. So, um, let's, to finish off this like amateur scene stuff, what do you guys think is the future of the scene? And like, what do you, where do you think it's actually gonna go? And what do you guys hope it? Where do you guys hope it would go? I don't think. My we, hope, I, I think uh, it's my hope stuck. Is, <laughs> uh, for right now, until they actually get the Overwatch League sorted out, yeah, it's gonna be kind of stuck right now with contenders and like the, all these self. Self tournaments, pretty much. Uh, you okay. have different groups that throw in together to actually throw bigger tournaments. But mm-hmm. until they get past that that phase, and they actually get different people to sign for the Overwatch League, everything like that. Like I said, it's uh, for the Overwatch League. It was, t- it was supposed to take, I think, a total of like twenty five million to get it all up and going. Yeah, that's that's two. That's like over two times yeah. more than league. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, from hopefully they get it going to that point. Uh, if not, I would like to actually see them kind of dial it back and go ahead, lose some venues and just get it going. So that way, once you get it going, you can get it bigger. It's, you don't have to, you have stuck at a small stage. It's get your foot in the door first, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah sure. Don't try to overwhelm and just, Hey, here we are. We're going to be like the biggest. No, you can't do that. Especially with esports. sports. That's not how it works. <laughs> I don't think the amateur scene for League of Legends will progress any further. I think what we have is what we have. For League of Legends or Overwatch? Yeah. Okay. Then for Overwatch, no, Overwatch is still very open. Gotcha. So let's yeah. say, so five years from now, let's say like things, think Blizzard has their situation like figured out. They're growing. They have their base and they're growing. Like, what do you guys think 
would be great for the amateur scene. Like, do you think the amateur scene can have like decent salaries for all their players, or do you think it's still going to be kind of scrappy and like? No, I don't, I don't I, think I, I anyone can be kind of scrappy. Okay. Yeah, I don't mm. think they'll have a consistent basis for the amateur scene. I, it's the, they'll have the semi-pro and the pro scene, mm-hmm. but that's yeah. the amateur. I, the amateur, you're still probably going to have to go out and find your own tournaments for it. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately. And, it's, and it's amateur for a reason. These are people who are in college or not even in college starting up businesses, basically. Mm-hmm. No one can afford the salary. You know, they can they can barely afford graphics and logos and trademarking. <laughs> sure. No, seriously. It's and like I we want you know, and another thing about community, going back to that for a second, is you know, we want everyone to succeed. We want everyone obviously if you're starting it up, you have the dream to be in esports. We all do. That's why mm-hmm. we're here, that's why we do what we do, that's why we don't take any money out of this. That's why we put in all of our effort, you know, and we're not the only ones who do this. We're just at we're at a very lucky advantage because we have ever going back because yes. without his plans and without our investors, you know, we wouldn't be, we'd be, we'd be hard stuck. And we are hard stuck at the moment while we build up these plans and while we, you know, lay out everything. But hopefully people will follow in our path as we start to progress further and start sponsoring huge things and getting, you know, um, you know, higher levels of things, you know. Do you but think... No. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, but no, I think the... I, I think it's too hard to say where it's going to be in five years. Esports in general mm-hmm. progresses every six months. And at least there's some yeah. new big thing. Sure. I mean, look at Dota 2. Do you see Dota 2's new price pool reaches the highest in esports? $20 million. That's crazy. That's it's absolutely crazy. crazy. <laughs> I respect... The absolute hell out of Dota two players because I can't I could never play that game. <laughs> that is so hard. They have like I, I played like two bot games and there were, I had like trees or something. I don't I don't know. Yeah, dude. I have no idea. I cannot keep up with those. They deserve I all the money. Smite. <laughs> yeah, they 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 very much deserve. We should get a smite team. There you go. Why didn't we think yeah. of that? That'd be pretty fun. All right. <laughs> all right. So yeah, there we cool. go. Um, but no, I, I think the uh, yeah, it's, it's too hard to say the future. But no, no one will get salaries probably. So do you do you think uh, the pro scene getting so legitimized right now and in the future is that going to hurt the amateur scene, or is it not going to affect it, or is it going to help? What do you guys think? I don't think it'll affect I think it. It'll slightly help it, just because of the fact that like actually once they do get the pros set up and like everything actually up and running, it will give more amateurs more of something they shoot for. It okay. gives them more of a hope. And instead of them right now just kind of going, oh, I can possibly make it, I can possibly not make it. I mean, like you have guys that, like Tim the Tatman, he's been playing Overwatch for since it came out. He's not on a pro team, but he has the biggest following behind Overwatch for any particular person. And right, with guys like that, he doesn't want to be on a pro team by any means. He enjoys just streaming the game. <laughs> what is he like the equivalent yeah. of I'm a cutie pie for like League of Legends, basically? Oh, I'm uh, pretty player. Okay. Like, uh, let me put it this way: whenever Tim the Tatman logs in for to stream, uh-huh. it's you will see the Overwatch page go from being like fourth or fifth <laughs> on Twitch, where it's number one or number two. He gets close gotcha. to fifteen to sixteen thousand people. Really. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm wrong then, because he like whenever 
he started streaming or whatever, like it was still pretty small. I had no idea he got. Yeah, no, he's over a million followers right now. Jeez, okay, wow, I've not been paying attention. All right, there we <laughs> go. Cool. All right, so for this next part of the uh, this podcast, we're just gonna talk about a few topics that you guys want to talk about that we just want to throw out there and have some good conversations with. So we have a okay. few in the right. bullet points in the doc, but I'm just gonna ignore those. What, what do you guys want? How about Blake? What do you want to talk about right now? Uh, mine is the toxicity within Overwatch. Oh, at all levels, it's okay. not something that. Oh, that's only at this Elo. No, it is something that is at every Elo rank. All right, like, so let let us know what what it's like for those of us that might not be playing Overwatch that often. All right, the toxicity in Overwatch is to the point of where, like, let's say you go into a competitive game and you get your whole team comp and you see, hey, okay, we need a healer. And the last person that goes to pick, they decide they're going to pick a DPS character. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, man, can you go ahead and, like, go to a healer for us? Like, you're the last one to pick. If not, if you want to play off tank, I'll switch and I'll play healer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trying to be respectful. And then you have them start just yelling, cussing at you. Well, you're just throwing them because of this. Like, you're like, okay, hold up, man. All I do is ask you to change characters. So, like, that's all. I, that's... It's super number one Hanzo main. Or you have guys that will literally go into comp, comp games, wait for that minute before they can quit, and literally just leave the game. And then you're stuck in a five, five versus six, and no matter what, if you do win, it's you still don't gain a lot of SR. No, you know. But if you don't win, <clears throat> you're still punished for it. And that's all because this guy wanted to come in and just leave. <laughs> Sure, sure. Or you have guys that will literally stand there at the edge of the map and just jump off the map repeatedly. Mm, okay. Or just go and stand in front of the enemy and give them ult charges. Like, it's, the toxicity there is really, really bad. Overwatch <laughs> has a weird dynamic that increases toxicity. The two big things is you can, well, except in competitive, but, like, basically you can play any hero you want, you know, whatever. You can choose whatever. And you also have mics. My communication. <laughs> yeah. Like, those two yeah. things together kind of fuck everything up. Like, part of my language, but that's just, like, ingredients for a horribly toxic game. I mean, I love 12-year-olds, 12 12 year like, talking about my mother. Like, that's, that's I do, the best dude, part about I online games. Summer break, it's fantastic. I logged in. <laughs> dude, oh, first day of... It was, like, oh, it was like June 3rd or whatever. I started playing Counter-Strike because we're working on getting a roster for that, like I, I discussed uh, earlier today. So I've been trying to learn a bit, accurately manage people or whatever. And um, I logged into a game, and you knew it was summer break when I was instantly called a, you're going to have to bleep this, probably a faggot. And then people screaming and singing my shiny teeth and me by Chip Skylark from fucking Fairly Odd Parents on Nickelodeon. It was just yeah. like... It's, it's so bad. And so many CSGO players and League of Legends players... League of Legends is also really toxic. That that shows that microphones are not needed to be, like, mega toxic. And so you get Counter-Strike players and League players, and you put them all into a new hyped-up game in esports with the two qualities of having a mic and, you know, freedom of choice and characters. It's just... It's awful. <laughs> I don't yeah. even join team chat anymore. Oh, like I said, the second that you ask somebody to change the character on Overwatch, oh, well, you're being toxic. I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm being toxic for trying to straighten out our team comp to win a game in a competitive setting. Hey, man, would you play healer? No, you play healer. 
Yeah, okay. Yes. Okay, I picked first, but sure, yeah, I'll change. Why not? Fucking like insta locker. Give me Zenyatta, I'm gonna feed. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the toxicity level is pretty high. Like I was very because I'm coming from Counter Strike. Like Counter Strike has its own toxicity level. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere near as high as the Overwatch. Like there's it really is their like, version of toxicity is like, hey, you're in the middle of playing comp and you're trying to listen so the way you can hear where the bomb is or if you hear the guy next to you in like tunnels or wherever, uh-huh. and they'll just sit there. Just talk really loud. Just Start mess with screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just that way they can't hear. Oh, you're being a super tryhard. Look at you. La, 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 la. Like, they do stuff like that. Like, yeah. It's a different type of toxicity. Like, that's more of like a joking, having fun type of troll compared mm-hmm. to with Overwatch. It's just toxic. Gotcha. I mean, everybody's screaming at each other. Like, even with Tim the Tapman, like I said, he's a big streamer, but. The toxicity yeah. level that he produces by himself is pretty high up. There. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, like when I, I when mean, I look at League of Legends, what I I've played League of Legends since season one, so it's been a while. So I've seen <laughs> how it's progressed and how Riot has implemented their stuff, like the reporting system and all that things. And for people that have just started League of Legends or any online game, like oh my gosh, communities are so toxic. But then any online game has. Communities, right? And I've seen become too competitive. Yeah, I've seen League get a ton better, like ten times better. Still, people are like, "Oh, it's so toxic," and I'm like, "Oh, this is great." I only have a feeder like one in ten games. This is awesome. <laughs> but then, so what is what is Blizzard? What has or are Blizzard doing to like help with its toxicity? Um, to help with toxicity, like perfect example is going back to the Defran case. Where this guy who's on a pro Overwatch team, very highly ranked, nonetheless, like they were number three seed before this all happened, would seriously go into games, purposely throw games, would have people go on, try to throw their games while he's streaming, and Overwatch ended up banning him. Blizzard ended up banning him from competitive play. Uh, like, hey, you're not allowed to compete all this season. <laughs> They all avoided their contenders placements, everything. Like, they got pulled out of the big tournament that was happening right now just because of that. Uh, they have the report systems. Like, since the report systems have come in, I have seen a little bit of, of it being better. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a whole lot. But there's still a lot of feeders. Um, purposely feeding and purposely throw. Uh, like, throwers and leavers are the two big ones right now. Gotcha. Because whenever they go in and do it, but Blizzard is also taking steps to counteract that, and they're setting up an algorithm that the more that they do that, it's they'll either get placed in games with throw, other throwers and leavers, <laughs> so that way everybody's yeah. <laughs> you just make everyone or even more angry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or it's they're going to start banning people for throwing and leaving, like purposely doing stuff, like yeah. Another it's problem is people just keep right playing. Though. What is that? Yeah. Another problem is people just keep playing. Like you have a really bad game or whatever, and then they instantly requeue up, and it just instantly, yeah. and then they start talking shit. Like you, know, you can even like say something in a bad tone or whatever, and it just offsets your entire team's morality. Yeah, everyone's just ready to be on the defensive, right? Just because yeah. the whole environment oh, yeah. feels toxic. And so, like, and like, that's because everybody will be right there. 
for it. Because everyone wants to be the fucking best of the game. Everyone wants to progress in rank, you know. Everybody Nobody wants can to be that big playmaker. Yeah, yeah everyone wants to be Seagull. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 ridiculous, man. And it's just you uh, have players that do the actual team components of it. So that's the reason why you have guys like me that are like, hey, you know what? That's cool. I'll go ahead and take that role since y'all don't want it. I'll um, happily fill that role. Right, that's also sorry. And that's also I, why our Overwatch team is doing so well. Like he's a gold player, but he can land his shit. And, like, they set stuff up. Like, he doesn't even have to have, like, the highest score or whatever. If he lands his hook on Roadhog or whatever, the whole game changes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. our, our I, team's synergy and communication is so good, it does not matter their ranks. Yeah. Nice. And so, I used to say that 100% genuine. Like, it's true. Yeah. Look for us. So, Blake. Good, good Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, do you have any tips for anyone that's listening that to deal with the toxicity in Overwatch? Honestly, the best way to do it is if somebody is being toxic, mute them. I mean, no getting around it. There is no shortcut. The best solution is just to mute that one person. You can still make it work with five other people or four other people, Mm -hmm. but you cannot, if you have a toxic person, just mute them. Their whole goal is to make your day as miserable as theirs. Sure. And it's, they'll bring it down any way possible. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I mean, it's something that I've recently just started doing. Uh, beforehand, I would get tilted. I will not lie. Uh, I was very, somewhat of an angry person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so, pretty bad when I, when we were on PS4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty rough there for a little it was bit. Problem but child. it's something that, like I said, it's. Uh, picked it up from actually one of the other guys, a guy named Zephyr that's on the team, one of our support players. Uh, he'll let all of us go into the chat first and let us test the waters before he comes in. Uh, that's mm-hmm. If he even comes in. So. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Yeah. So uh, how about another topic? Vandal, you got anything for us? Uh, yeah, managing in the amateur scene. Okay, yeah. Which is very interesting. Uh, you see a bunch of organizations that you know have decent players and on that, but if their management and coaching staff like really isn't the best, then they're really not going to uh, get that far. Um, I myself am trying to progress as a general manager, and I've actually had personal one-on-one conversations with Noah Winston, oh, nice. uh, who is, for anyone who doesn't know, he's the CEO of Immortals, and I've also talked to a history teacher who is the CEO, or not CEO, the general manager for Phoenix One. Mm-hmm. I've also talked in person at DreamHack with Raynad about success in esports, um, and a bunch of people. Uh, DreamHack was awesome for us, wasn't it, Dragon? Like for yes. marketing? DreamHack you know, was, was crazy. Awesome. Like, I actually like, got to play with Kefri. Yeah, I was on I stage with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I actually you, got to play with Kefri, which is a big. Big time deal for me. <laughs> yeah, it made me a little bit salty. But <laughs> top five hundred player, and here I come. I just come in, just completely one shot three different people, and I'm like, all right, cool. Kefri <laughs> literally said like Kefri even on Twitter and like in person was like complimenting Dragon. Like nice. yeah. it was crazy. I'm just sitting here like great whatever. management skills. <laughs> I subbed you for six months. Why don't you love me? <laughs> like, uh, but. No, like, and one of the biggest things that those guys told me, um, and for people that want to make these organizations and get all the tips and stuff, is 
something that Noah Winston said to me was the two key things is psychology and uh, health, like hmm. nutrition. Okay. You know, cause I don't know. Like uh, One of the key things he said about having good players and healthy players is they're working out, they're eating decently, they're on, you know, you see all these people and, like, you see videos at the house like, Echo Fox and, like, TSM, and they have all these, like, meal prepped stuff or whatever. Yeah. Like, people have no idea how much nutrition really affects your brain and really affects, yeah. like, your mental state and, um, and how you play, your mechanical skills. Like, it's all in your I'm brain. Yeah. And so... And for a managing perspective, he suggested, and I will be doing this uh, at some point, take psychology classes, uh, even minimal stuff, just to learn um, a lot of stuff like that. And history teacher um, told me a lot of different tips uh, for managing people, um, which is get everyone on Skype, which I have not done yet. I still need to do that. Uh, get everyone's Skype, personal phone, emails, uh, and whatever, like Messenger, Facebook, whatnot, so that you have at least four ways to contact them. Um, it is crazy. Like you, I need to have lifelines to everyone, and that's something that I still need to to do. Luckily, everyone is so responsive on Twitter. Like Our Twitter chats are strong. Everyone's in Discord. Yeah. So I haven't had to get people's Skypes yet. I have most people's personal numbers, but... Um, There's actually been a few times where I've had to mute our Twitter conversations because how much they were going off. Like, nope, I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to my phone's right not even on vibrate. Like, my phone's <laughs> on mute. I miss phone calls all the time because of our freaking Twitter chats. That's funny. But, I mean, it's also, I think, evidence of a healthy organization that everyone's happy, everyone's, you know, talking and chatting. Everyone is playing different games with each other. Like, we have... They played, our Overwatch team played with some of the league people and did like a 5v5 or a 6v6 like skirmish or whatever that I wasn't fucking invited to. Thank you, Smoking. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even there for that. I, I was at work. So. Yeah, I know you weren't there. They, they did that one without me. <laughs> no one invites me to anything. But, um, and, you know, and it's really great to see how much our organization is doing together. You know, everyone here is basically family even though a lot of drama happens. But, I mean, in every organization and in gaming, drama is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you have so many different personalities that clash with each other. Eventually, it's going to come to a head. But I think we've gotten rid of all the problems, though. <clears throat> yes. So, we're, we've been doing pretty well lately. But, so, um, from a managing perspective, you know, if you do all that stuff, just minuscule things. I keep notes. I take notes every conversation I have. With players in different meetings, I have about I do about five or six meetings a week, you know, checking up with League of Legends, Overwatch, our content people now, follow our streamers, <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, and it's notes are key, organization is key. That's another thing um, Noah Winston told me was be impeccably organized with everything mm. that you do because. If, like, for me, recently, like, we have an uh, analyst as well in our organization. Uh, there was a person who was on a roster and became an analyst, and I was not informed. Not, I'm not going to rat out anyone, but that was a giant piece that was not in my notes. And stuff like that can topple everything. 
Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know what every person is doing within your organization, then everything falls apart. Sure. So anyone out there who is trying to, you know, manage or whatever, take notes, be organized, have everyone's contact information, learn how to manage people's personalities differently. Like we discussed earlier with the age difference and you gotta, you can't be like, you know, Oh, well, you gotta figure out what works for each person. Yeah, and it's all about uh, – one of the biggest things that I've learned is find good things in the conversation to talk about. Like when we were losing a guy that we got back, um, his name is Pacey, mm-hmm. and we love him in the organization. He was going to China for like five weeks or something, and you know I had to break the news to him that you know we had to remove him from the roster for a while, obviously, and find a sub for him. Um, and one thing that is like – was keeping the conversation together. Like, oh, you're going to China? That's awesome, man. You know, make it about the good things that's happening to them, and like, make it seem like, hey, man, you know, I'm, we're very happy that you're doing this, but at the same time, this is a business, and we gotta, we gotta. You're more than welcome to join back uh, whenever you come back from your trip, mm-hmm. but we gotta, gotta move forward. You know. Yeah, like treat and, people like people and yeah. run your business at the same time. Right? Yeah, and yeah. eventually, though. Eventually, though, for continuous, and there's an, there's a situation at the moment of people that just kind of are running out of things to do. You have to just start distancing yourself from feelings and mm-hmm. treat it as a business. Because we have investors. We have a lot of money that is going to be poured into us and a lot of expectations for us. And we cannot, in some situations, let, you know, you've been around for a while, but at the same time you're just hanging around not really doing anything we're gonna have to cut you loose type thing yeah it's interesting because i feel like a lot of people think that just creating something like an org or even like some like a podcast it's just easy you just do it and they don't realize that there are you need there's a lot of work to put it, yeah there's a yeah. ton of stuff to be doing you have to, you have to manage things you have to go to the grind there's so much mud and dirty waters that you have to get through to actually get the content in front of people and then you do it for like a year and you you see very little results sometimes too and you just have to continue with the grind. And like oh, yeah. I think people that join teams are like, hey, let's like – even like – even with like League of Legends, I'm like, hey, buddies, let's play a ranked fives game just for fun. And even organizing that just for fun is hard in itself to get everyone's schedule. So yeah, it, there's a yeah. lot of seriousness to get things like moving, organized and productive. It's It's so difficult. Yeah. yeah, like I know I was very surprised because, like I said, uh, everybody else on the Overwatch team, uh, they're either in school or they work very limited. Like I'm the only one that has a full time. Uh, no, Zephyr has a full time job too. I take that back. Me and him, I, like me, I work up at the hospital. I work overnight at the hospital. I, it's very difficult to balance making sure I'm there for practice on time, everything like that. Because yeah. we're working with the hospital. There's times where I get called in and I don't have a choice. It's, sure. Hey, you got to come up here. <laughs> yeah. Literally life and death. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is, man. And so I know I'm grateful for the team that I do have and the org that I do have working with me on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still there as much as possible. But, yeah. Getting everybody's schedules and getting them all timed out, right? It, oh. That's rough. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, cool. Yeah, thank you for the insight, Vandal. That's it's really interesting, and hopefully, uh, 
especially anyone that's inspire aspiring to be part of organizations, especially whether it's general management or just like even something smaller, managing something. It's yeah, it's so important for all the topics that you talked about. So, all right, with that, let's um, let's close out the podcast. Uh, let's start with Blake. Do you want to just plug all the stuff and just if any closing statements you want to give? Uh, uh, go follow me on Twitter at ever underscore smoking dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. I don't really have Twitch or anything <laughs> like that. So I'm pretty easy. You got to get on that, it's man. You got to get your chill. Twitch and stuff. <laughs> a little bit too chill sometimes. Yeah, we'll get, we'll have that information also in the episode description so you guys don't have to remember it. And smoking dragon, I think, is like no vowels in it, right? So it's not the easiest yeah. thing. But, yeah. Do you really? Yeah, I thought you, wait, really? Besides I know how you spell spoken. S-M-K-N-B-R-G-N. I thought you had an A. Okay. Well, nope. I'll see. I only, I only type spoken oh. because I don't have time to type out people's full names. Yeah, as a general <laughs> manager, you, you got just shortcuts everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like as half a person. Seven right? different chats. <laughs> All right. So what about you, Vandal? Where can people find you and your stuff? You can follow me at VandaliseGG on uh, Twitter. I'm going to be streaming a lot more on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Vandalise. Um, huge. Uh, hopefully this will be out by before the 20th. Hopefully if we can get at least this information out. Who knows? Uh, might be too late, but we're doing a giant live stream event on the 20th for the Diablo 3 uh, launch Ooh. Uh, for the season. And... Uh, my father is going to be there as well, so that'll be an interesting dynamic. Right. Or dad Elise. <laughs> but um, he and I used to be very, like in the early seasons of D3, like a top 500 Witch Doctor player. And, wow. um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get back into the game and whatnot. So we're doing that. Hopefully have some giveaways to do. Uh, of course, if this is past the twentieth, this is all irrelevant, and I apologize. Uh, also, check out the vods. Check out the vods, right? Check out the vods. Yes. Yeah. Um, the internet. Yay! Yes. Success. <laughs> check out our There's Facebook. Something useful for everybody. <laughs> Ever esports. Um, our YouTube, Ever esports, and our organization's Twitter, Ever esports GG, and make sure to follow the clever Ever, the CEO, the man that makes everything happen. Um, yeah. You can expect a lot for him in the upcoming days. Congratulate him on getting married soon and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's that's about it. All Hopefully, right. thanks for having us. Yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Having. Yeah, it's been fun. And again, I'm also Sam. You can find my Twitter at, at just uh, at. Ugh. It's been a long day. At just casual <laughs> night. Yeah, it's been a long day, and it's only like it's eleven a.m. Long day. Eleven o'clock. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah, so at Just Casual Nine, and I think that's pretty much it for most of my social, like just Just Casual or Just Casual Nine. All that will be in the episode description. If you guys have any input for future episodes or things that you want to hear or for us to talk about, we'll be rotating people in throughout the whole uh, Ever Esports organization. So you'll see these guys' faces eventually again. Maybe more frequently than you'd want to. I don't know. These guys are pretty cool. I like these guys. And um, yeah, I like so, you too. Oh, thank. Oh man, yeah. you guys, just feed that ego. I just need a little more, getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> so again, any feedback will be welcome. Put it in the comments on our YouTube or just email. Well, maybe not email. Tweet us. Twi- Twitter is probably the best Tweet way to reach Twitter. us. Um, yeah. Any feedback or suggestions, things that you like, things that you hate, hated, and stuff like that. Otherwise. Yeah, that is it for the Ever Esports Podcast. We'll see you guys, I don't know when, but we'll see you guys eventually later.
right. Have a good Thank one, guys. You.